caution. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston Country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Clinton about Bernie, she said no one likes him, no one wants to work with him, he gets nothing done. Pelosi has him, of course, in, in jury duty at the impeachment trial. Are they colluding against Bernie again? Well, they are. They're really trying to take it away from him again. I mean, when Hillary says nobody likes him, nobody likes her. That's why she lost. I mean, nobody liked her. She had every advantage. She had this big machine behind her. She had the Obama. She had that. She had everybody behind. And and it wasn't even close. You look at 306 to 223. Uh, she uh, She's the one that people don't like. I mean, I think if, you, if I had my choice in terms of personality, I might take him over her. So when I said that I liked Bernie, well, I guess I'm in good company because President Trump also would choose Bernie over Clinton. But I guess that's kind of an easy choice, right? Given Hillary Clinton's more hated than Epstein, at least that's my sense of it. Don't you get the feeling that Hillary Clinton's more hated than Epstein? And boy, I mean, that's got to take a lot to be hated more than that guy, right? Uh, So crazy news about him and his private island. I guess the question is, what are they going to uncover in that private island? And what pops into my mind are clones, I think clones could very likely be a possibility. What would happen if they do uncover a clone underground in his private island lair? If they uncovered his clone, I mean, would you trust that it was in fact a clone? Or would you wonder, oh, maybe that's Epstein himself. And then the question is, do you let it go to live its life? Or, or, or is it a, a, an accessory to the crime? I mean, clones have rights, but that doesn't let them off the hook entirely. So what would you do if you found Epstein's clone? Would you let him go? Would you make him insist and try to make him prove that he was a clone and not Epstein himself? So um, in other news, my cats are going crazy. They like to meow a lot, especially my boy cat, Miko. And my wife says that he takes after me. Because I meow a lot, I guess. I mean, her big thing was, you know, start a podcast, write a book, talk to a friend, but give me a break. Okay, I love you, but you just talk too much. And that's okay. I can take a hint. And so I started a podcast, and I got a friend. Now, I didn't really get a friend. But the issue with the cats meowing a lot, you know, it's only a few things. Either they need the litter. They need more food. They don't require that much care, right? I feel like dogs require so much more care. And the question is, dogs are Democrats and cats are Republicans. Do you agree or disagree? A lot of people thought it was opposite. They say, no, 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 no. There's no way in hell my dog's a Democrat. Cats are the Democrats. Dogs are the Republicans. Okay, fair enough. Look, I can... Take it if you disagree. That's what this is about. The Kingston community has a lot of voices, and you're a part of it. I would make the case that dogs are the Democrats. You see, dogs eat their own shit. But more than just that, they really rely on you to feed them and to take care of them. There's no way a dog can survive on its own. They're scavengers at heart. I mean, that's what they evolved from. Wolves are mostly scavengers. I don't think wolves do that much hunting. 
Democrats, meanwhile, they're Republicans because they're very independent. They're crafty. They're hunters. They can take care of themselves. In fact, they resent it when you feed them and stick food in their faces. They like to fight for it. They like to earn their own keep. They're also very clean. They're a lot cleaner than dogs. And all those people out there that say, oh, dogs' mouths are cleaner than humans' mouths. Well, I mean, if you're not including feces, going back to Hillary Clinton, you heard Donald Trump say he'd pick Bernie over Clinton if he had to choose. And he goes and follows up by saying, I'd probably pick either. I mean, obviously. But the idea of Bernie Sanders representing an authentic anger on the flip side, kind of, of what Trump represents. I, I think there is a sympathy that we can have to the Bernie bros and women and that they can have with us because at the end of the day, it's us versus the globalists. And the Bernies are clearly uh, against this globalist, elitist establishment mentality. And, and so there's a, a lot of parallels there. Now, Another parallel would be the idea of uh, foreign policy. Can we be honest for a second? If Hillary Clinton was president, we'd be in a world war. Iran and North Korea. Economy would be in the gutter. Amidst the bullets and the nukes, the Democrats would actually be patting themselves on the back and saying, thank God Trump didn't win. Yeah. You can imagine it, can't you? That scenario. And... Lots of people, scientists out there, believe there are multiple dimensions and multiple universes, and there's very likely, in that case, a universe in which Hillary Clinton is president. We are in a world war. The nukes and bombs are flying, and the Democrats really are patting themselves on the back, saying, thank God Trump didn't win. That's how crazy this world is. That's how crazy this universe is, and that's how crazy the Democrats are. This is Kingston Country. So now the cat uh, has diarrhea. He's rubbing his butt on the carpet and I they do make medication for this cat diarrhea medication which I am going to end up going to the store and probably getting some of that you know the cats get sick too they get diarrhea they get stomach bugs and they don't complain about it as much as humans do when they get sick it's hard to know when your animal gets sick anyway um, you know butt, butt streaks on the carpet that's that's uh, the Kingston household for you. We're going to sanitize it. We're going to sanitize it. We're going to get the the resolve, and it'll be as good as new. We use chemicals. I don't, I don't know about you. I'm about like bio stuff, like biodegradable, chemical-free, all-natural. Uh, yeah, I'm not against that because I don't want to poison myself. So I'm a big believer. I'll pay extra for the plant-based Cleaning products, for instance. I think it's better for me, my wife, the animals, people that visit. And uh, I'm not doing it to save any environment or that kind of thing. I'm doing it to save my environment. But at the end of the day, when, it, when a cat does a butt streak on the carpet, it's good to have the heavy hitters, like the Resolve, and you want the bleach. You want to have that ready to go. I mean, in case you need to use it. By the same token, you know, when it's time just to take out the trash, you got to take out the trash. All the sorting of, of this goes into this pile, and this goes into that pile, and this goes to the dump, and this goes to the recycling, and this goes to special recycling. I mean, fuck it. 
you know, if, if it's a big cleaning day, you got to throw all of it out and you got to get it done. And there's nothing, I mean, obviously follow the laws and that kind of thing, but there's nothing like going to a, a San Francisco public market or, or the airport over there and trying to figure out where the hell you throw something away at. I mean, there's a good chance you're from California, you've been here, and so you know what I'm talking about, or the San Francisco Bay Area. There's other communities, I'm sure it's like this in Seattle, places in New York, right? You have to have a college education to figure out what bin to throw out your trash into. And that's not um, saving the environment, but that is um, totally uh, annoying and irritating. And just another thing that I guess we have to deal with uh, in our lives uh, to pretend like we're making a difference. So at least the politicians can pretend like they're making a difference. It seems to me that everything the politicians touch, they make it worse. They break it even more than, than how it was before. And that's the big libertarian side of me. I'm like, man, maybe it would just be better if it was just completely hands off altogether. And we just all fended for ourselves. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Could it really be any worse than it is now? If it, if it was just up to us and we left the government out all, all, all together. I, I understand like we need police and fire and, and the military, but, you see more and more, you get a private police force, private prisons, private uh, mercenaries that we send out, uh, private everything. You know, it seems to me that we're moving in the direction of a private corporation or two having more control than the government does. You see Apple's over a trillion dollar valuation. Google, I think, now has over a trillion dollar valuation. And it's just a matter of time before companies like Facebook, and I don't know what they're at, maybe that's ludicrous, but... These tech companies get to be at a point where they're like the banks. They're too big to fail. You can't break them up because they're all integrated. And there's an article that came out about how Amazon controls basically uh, major cities um, and is aiming to control the entire country in terms of the services it provides. That's kind of scary. You know, you don't want a hack to basically reveal all the secrets because that company uh, that hack that was infiltrated it has access to everything because that company does everything and that's what you have happened actually <laughs> yesterday was released it's believed the saudi arabian crown prince hacked into jeff bezos private cell phone that's what's believed to have happened uh, presumably to control um stories in the washington post maybe to get a a hint about what the coverage might be. I mean, no one really knows. If you ask me, it's probably something more sinister than less sinister. You know, we have investigations going on into the Saudi Arabians at the Pensacola base. I mean, they've all been expelled. What the hell is happening over there? I'll tell you the Saudi Arabians are more likely than not terrorists. Most of them are. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's probably, if you see a Saudi Arabian on the street, 50% chance he's a terrorist. What the hell would he be doing here anyway? We well, don't have many Saudi Arabians in America. So if you see one, take a second look. Uh, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, but don't be stupid either. And uh, uh, like, I'm not, I don't want to be a xenophobe, but I think we really need to wake up about Saudi Arabia. They're not our friends. The Saudi Arabian country and the Saudi Arabian people are not our friends. They're no friends of Americans, of Christians, of Jews, or of the West. So 
you know, let them do their own thing in their desert hell. That That's paradise, I guess. I mean, they got sandstorms over there that are, you know, from biblical proportions. Who the hell wants to be over there? So bless them, but, but we should bring our troops home. Look, some time ago, technology became what people understood it could be. Recently, technology has surpassed beyond what most people can understand or imagine to be possible. And soon, technology will surpass beyond the ability of its creators to understand or even imagine. That's a problem. Why is it a problem? Well, I'd recommend Nick Bostrom's book, Superintelligence, Artificial Superintelligence is the name of the book. And the thinking goes like this. I mean, basically, it's not too far off from Terminator. Skynet. You know what happened there, right? But there's a lot of insidious things that happen along the way. I mean, right now you got artificial intelligent facial recognition cameras all along the the country, basically every block. And companies like Clearview AI, which I talked about before, which has image matching technology that can identify everything about you from just an overhead picture, like a traffic picture or, or, or any kind of low quality image. And... You are no longer anonymous. This is an insidious technology, but there's others. Look, um, on the Twitter feed, okay, I'm connected to a lot of people, a lot of folks. And I got this response from a Twitter user. A friend at the NSA said to never use voice-activated anything. Once you give your car, TV, phone, etc. permission, record, or self-activate, you lose all control or information about how it's used. Cover the camera on your phone, tablet, except when you're using it. And then I asked if they'd be a guest on the podcast. I really wanted to ask them about what more their friend told them, who works at the NSA, but they declined. They said they can't take that risk. And they're smart, because honestly, there's really no way to keep them anonymous and protect them if they're on the show they're going to be able to track the voice and uh, identify the person. And even if I mix up the voice, there is descrambling technology where they could actually identify the user. It's crazy. I know you don't believe it, but this is the world we live in. But they did add this when I asked if there was anything else that their friend told them that worked at the NSA. They added, anything you put on social media is public. It can and will be used against you without your permission or a warrant. Platforms are not secure. If hackers get in or platforms sell your data, even in private conversations, it can be used in any possible way imaginable. It might not be a surprise to you so much, except in the sense that now all that public information is identifiable from just a low-quality image. And so everything you put on Twitter, if your name isn't on your Twitter profile, it doesn't matter. If your profile has a picture or an audio snippet of your voice, well, you're trackable and they can identify you. So this is the problem with technology and why we have to care more. Because it surpassed most of our ability to really understand what's going on, I think a lot of us have just kind of shrugged our shoulders and been like, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. The truth is we have to understand how this technology is being used in a sinister way against us so that we can you know, throw out the bad and keep the good. There's, 
There's no point to throw out technology altogether, but if we're too stupid to throw out the bad from the good and to separate it, then we're at a real risk. The problem is, of course, when the people that are creating the technology, when they can't even understand what's going on, and they can't even understand it. To some extent, that's already happening right now, which is why we really also have to push the experts and the creators and the inventors to think philosophically about these issues, about the technologies they're creating. Kingston Country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Dan Kingston here. Are you fed up with the mainstream media? Do you want to support citizen journalism? The Dan Kingston Podcast is dedicated to asking questions and exploring topics the mainstream media won't touch. If you enjoy this content, would you help me give you even more for less than $1 a month? Yeah, less than $1 a month. You can help me do just that. And it's as easy as using Apple Pay or any credit card. And by the way, I'll be thanking sponsor names, your name, at the beginning of each podcast episode. So would you consider signing up for less than $1 a month? Find the link to become a sponsor in the description of this podcast episode or visit anchor.fm slash Dan Kingston. Thank you in advance for supporting citizen journalism and helping me provide you with even more content. I really appreciate it.